Hello and welcome to the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. My name is Siri and I am with Jackson Keevlair. Today we are going to talk about the metaverse and virtual reality. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. I am the host, Jackson Keebler. And yes, we're going to be talking about virtual reality and the metaverse. It's going to be a lot of fun, so let's get started. If you did like that little song, though, at the beginning, uh, that's from Metroid Prime. Um, It's a complete X-Files ripoff, but it's a really good song. And I thought it sort of fit the theme for uh, the podcast today. I'm just going to go ahead and apologize from the from the get-go. Um feeling a little raspy today, but uh, I got a, a seltzer here, so <clears throat> I'm going to try to muscle through this. But today is Ash Wednesday. Um, for those of you who don't know what that is, I will inform you, being, a, being raised Catholic, uh, Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent where Catholics fast and pray. Um, that's why Mardi Gras happens on Tuesday. That's why it's called Fat Tuesday, because you eat a whole bunch of food before you have to stop eating. Um, I've never taken ashes, um, even being raised Catholic. It always kind of sort of freaked me out. I don't know why. So I've never taken ashes. And for that, I'm probably going to hell. But um, <laughs> So if you're walking around your office and there's a... You know, you see people with a bunch of shit on their foreheads. All right, don't be freaked out. It's Ash Wednesday. They they went and got ashes. But here's a factoid for you if you need to make conversation. <laughs> the ashes uh, that they use, they're made from the palm branches uh, from the previous year's Palm Sunday Mass. And Palm Sunday Mass is the, uh, the Mass they have a week before Easter that basically was um, Jesus entering, I think it was Nazareth. I'm such a bad Catholic. Anyway, uh, I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) Happy Ash Wednesday. All right, so the whole reason I'm doing this podcast on virtual reality is I was uh, flipping stations and I came across this, um, this horrible movie called Virtuosity. But it had Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe, and I thought, oh, this must be good. No, it wasn't, and we're going to talk about it later, and the director. But that's what started the whole idea of doing the podcast about virtual reality, was this crappy movie called Virtuosity. My son recently had this fundraiser at his school, and it's one of those fundraisers where you sell pizzas and stuff out of a catalog. Uh, The pizzas taste like crap. And everything's way overpriced, one of those fundraisers. But um, being a school fundraiser, you get like prizes for you know selling a certain amount of items. And one of the items um, in this catalog that you could get for selling, I don't know, 13 pizzas or whatever, was this thing called a VR box. And all it is is this headset. It looks like a, one of those virtual reality headsets. It looks like one. But you just take a cell phone, you strap it into this thing, and you put it in this headset, and you load up this app. I forget what the app's called. I think there's a couple different ones. So you load up this app, you put on this headset, 
And when you move your head, you know, the, the viewpoint sort of changes and you can you can like look at the Sistine Chapel or, or, or things like that. Anyway, it's not really virtual reality, of course, but he really wanted it. And he only used the damn thing twice. And it's been sitting around collecting dust ever since. So when I was doing the research for this podcast, I, I thought, oh, yeah, that uh, that thing that he got. So I tried it out. And of course, you know, lo and behold, it's a piece of crap. But that's what I think a lot of people, I think that's what comes to mind when people think of virtual reality is, virtual reality is um, strapping something to your head and being magically transported to another place. Um, that's kind of true, but at the same time, what I found out, it, it kind of isn't. So I'm going to talk about that for a little bit. There are a lot of... Uh, quote-unquote virtual reality headsets on the market right now. Uh, the biggest one right now, I think, is uh, Facebook's uh, virtual reality headset, um, Oculus. Um, that's out, and it costs $300. Um, I didn't know that uh, Mark Zuckerberg had changed the name of Facebook to Meta because he's really banking on all this virtual reality crap. So there's that. And Sony, um, they have something, uh, it was called Project Morpheus, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, not Morbius, because when you Google Sony Morpheus, uh, the new uh, movie comes up where the guy's a vampire. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that, but anyway. Um, so this Project Morpheus was uh, PlayStation's uh, virtual reality headset. And they actually have another one coming out for the PS5. And those virtual reality said headsets hover around about $400. When it comes to the technology of VR and virtual reality, um, my money's always going to be on Apple. I think Apple's going to be the one that will innovate uh, virtual reality through technology and industrial design. But, 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 but... I came across this article on uh, Inc.com, Inc.com, where uh, the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, um, he starts talking about Apple's uh, plan for, you know, augmented reality and virtual reality, and it's the complete opposite of Facebook's. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. Um, I'll just read the uh, the header. While, quote-unquote, metaverse expansion is in vogue, Tim Cook has taken a hard look at the privacy implications. That's a very good thing. So basically, what Tim Cook is saying, you know, about virtual reality is, we don't want to start developing virtual reality technology until we look at the security aspects of it, because Apple is very, very, very... Uh, I guess, invested in people's security. I mean, they have a lot of commercials about that right now. So what is the metaverse? Okay, um, I had no fucking clue. When I, when I started this podcast, I, yeah, I'd heard the term, but I never really once gave it much thought. So I learned something doing this podcast. Um, you know, it's like I have enough of a problem now with this comic book multiverse stuff, you know? It's like, all right, there's four different Spider-Mans because of a multiverse. Well, now now here I am researching this thing called the metaverse. <laughs> the big news a couple weeks ago was Microsoft just acquired uh, Activision. And 
the reason that they acquired Activision is because of the metaverse. And the article goes into why. There's this little snippet that sort of explains uh, the, I, the history of the word metaverse. Um, the word, quote-unquote, metaverse... <clears throat> The word quote-unquote metaverse describes a fully realized digital world that exists beyond the one in which we live. It was coined by Neil Stevenson in his 1992 novel Snow Crash, and the concept was further explored by Ernest Cline in his novel Ready Player One. Um, I'll talk about Ready Player One in a bit. Um, I haven't read Snow Crash. I think I may have tried when I was a kid. But anyway, so that's where the origin of the term came from. But another snippet uh, I thought was really interesting was this. Uh, Matthew Ball, a venture capitalist who has written extensively about the topic, said the metaverse represented the fourth wave to computers, following mainframe computing, personal computing, and mobile computing. I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I guess I guess that's speculation, and that could be the case. Um, you know, computers used to be the size of a room. Then you have personal computing, you know, you had a computer in every home, on every desk, and now we've got tablets and phones and laptops and, you know, computing has become more mobile, I get that. And this guy's saying, okay, well, virtual reality is going to become the next thing. When it comes to new technology, my go-to has always been science fiction. Um, science fiction sort of predicts what's what's going to come. Um, so like when you look at something like the iPhone, right? Like this little thing that you held in your pocket, it had a touch screen, you could swipe things. People saw that in movies and thought, oh wow, that's so cool, that'll never happen. Well, now we've all got these phones that have touch screens and swipe, you know, you can do all this stuff with them. Well, that was in science fiction. So I try to look to science fiction to see, you know, what's gonna be next. I think Ernest Cline called it in his book, Ready Player One. Um, the book was okay. I wasn't a big fan of the book. The movie was horrible. I don't know why Steven Spielberg even made that piece of crap. Um, could have been way better. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent. Um, but I think that Ernest Cline's idea is what we're going to see happen. Um, in the book, there's this thing called the Oasis. And it's just a virtual world. And, you know, you can be anything you want. You can wear whatever clothes you want. You can look different. And all it requires is basically an internet connection and a headset. Um, it's it's going to go that way. And we're all going to be a bunch of disconnected fools with headsets and looking like a bunch of fucking idiots. And it's unfortunate that that's the way that we're going. Um, the whole uh, theme of my son's school this month is unplugging, you know, like getting away from our devices, getting away from TV, getting away from screens, which I think is a, is a good message. And it's something that I, I think is very important. Um, and I'm not, I'm not a very good practitioner of it. You know, it's just, I think I'll, we, we really need to unplug. So I'm very anti-virtual reality. But that being said, let's talk about some shitty 90s movies.
So I I came across the movie Virtuosity, and that uh, made me want to do the the podcast about virtual reality. And it, it originally started about uh, 90s virtual reality movies because there were so many and they were all really bad. And I came across a couple lists on the web. One was from GameSpot.com. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes for with that one. And I also came across another one on Den of Geek. That list is a little bit better than the GameSpot one, but I, I use the GameSpot one as a reference. The GameSpot list included some movies that I wasn't really sure why it made the list. Um, one of them was Disclosure. Um, that movie wasn't about virtual reality. It was about sexual harassment. Um, the only reason it made the list is because um, the plot takes place at a computer company that's developing a virtual reality interface. And it it's, it's kind of a plot point in the, in the book. I never read the book. It's a plot point in the movie. Um, so that that made the list, and if you kind of remember the scene where Michael Douglas goes into the virtual reality database or whatever. Um, so anyway, blah, 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 that made the list. I don't know why. Dark City. Dark City made this list, and it's kind of, I, I would put Dark City in the same category as The Matrix. Um, Dark City is a great movie, don't get me don't get me wrong. Um, Alex Proyas, the director, he directed The Crow, which is another great movie. Um, but it's it's virtual reality in the sense that um, humans are sort of guinea pigs for aliens, like they were in The Matrix. Um, all three Matrix movies made made this list. And yes, it is sort of virtual reality, but that's not the virtual reality I'm talking about. I'm talking about the virtual reality movies, you know, where you strap something to your head, you look like a fucking idiot, and the CGI is is horrible. And once again, here's the disclaimer. It's a it's a bad day for podcasting. I've got my cats are sequestered in my basement right now, um, for reasons. Uh, my mother in law's here, she's upstairs walking around, and I sound awful. So once again, sorry about the uh the poor audio quality. I I feel bad. But going on about these, uh, the list that I came across, uh, the GameSpot list, it included Total Recall, the original with Schwarzenegger, and the 2012 remake. Um, I could do a whole podcast about those two movies, and, I'm, and I might actually do that uh, later. But they were on the list, and you really have to mention those. Um, factoid, which I didn't know, is... Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography is actually called Total Recall. Um, so there you go. Um, Giant Mnemonic. Um, I talked about that one a couple weeks ago. That didn't make this list on GameSpot, which really surprised me. It made the Den of Geek list, of course, but it didn't make this GameSpot list. Um, the GameSpot list, um, check out the link. It, it had a couple real weird ones on there that I... That I've never seen and I'm never going to see. But Tron. Um, Tron made this list on GameSpot.com. And in their list, it got ranked... Tron got ranked number 7. And Tron Legacy, Tron Legacy got ranked number 12. Um, I've done... I, I did a whole podcast about Tron. How much I love uh, Tron and Tron Legacy. Um... They listed the Metacritic scores for Tron and Tron Legacy. Uh, 
Tron got a Metacritic score of 58, and Tron Legacy got a Metacritic score of 49. Um, I always go by IMDb, so I don't know who the uh, critic was at Metacritic uh, who reviewed the Tron movies, but to you, I have to say, fuck you. You can't talk about virtual reality movies without talking about Tron, and to give them such a low score is preposterous. I mean, the original Tron was the first virtual reality movie. I mean, come on. Well, actually, maybe Westworld. Yeah. No, no, no. I'd say Tron's the first virtual reality movie because Westworld was more about a theme park with cyborgs, so that doesn't really count. Yeah, so, Tron. So, Virtuosity came out in 1995. And on this GameSpot list, it got ranked number 19. Um, IMDB gave it uh, 5.6 stars. Uh, Metacritic score was 39. Um, that is very deserved. This movie was utter and complete crap. It was good crap, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, it stars Russell Crowe. He plays Sid 6.7. Uh, Sid stands for Sadistic, Intelligent, and Dangerous. Uh, why it's 6.7? I thought that was a weird number. Anyway. Uh, Denzel Washington plays the cop, Parker Barnes, who has to hunt down Russell Crowe and kill him. Um, these are award-winning actors, okay? I mean, these actors, after this movie, go on and do some great things, and but this movie was just utter crap. Um, Russell Crowe, uh, this was at the beginning of his career, you know, like before Gladiator and all that, and he plays this... Um, this really sort of jokerish villain. Um, he wears these like really outlandish, like bright suits, and his mannerisms are kind of like Judge Doom, uh, Judge Doom from Roger Rabbit. Um, it was it was really weird. Um, another little um, bit role was uh, Kaylee uh, Cuoco. Um, she is uh, Penny in The Big Bang Theory. Um, but obviously in this movie, she's, um, you know, a lot younger. And um, she plays the, the daughter of the DA or whatever. And she ends up getting kidnapped. So anyway, here's the awesome write-up for this horrible movie. Um, the Law Enforcement Technology Advancement Center, also known as LeeTac, what a dumb name, was de <laughs> has developed SID version 6.7, a sadistic, intelligent, and dangerous virtual reality entity which is synthesized from the personalities of more than 150 serial killers. Leetak would like to train police officers by putting them in VR with SID, but they must prove the concept by using prisoners as test subjects. One such prisoner is ex-cop Parker Barnes. When SID manages to inject his personality into a nano-machine android, it appears that Barnes might be the only one who can stop him. Here's a fun little factoid about the movie. Um, it stars uh, Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Uh, that's not the factoid. 
So in this, in the movie Virtuosity, Denzel Washington is um, hunting down Russell Crowe. And later, they both appear in a good movie called American Gangster. And in that movie, Russell Crowe is um, going after Denzel Washington. And I completely forgot about American Gangster um, when I was watching this. And I remembered, oh yeah, they've been in a movie before that was actually decent. And this is a complete tangent. It has nothing to do with the movie. But um, there's a lot of hum, uh, Humvees in the movie. Uh, you know, there's big military jeeps. And I kind of remember there's like, back in the 90s, there was like a whole slew of action movies um, that, you know, they put a Hummer in them just because they were so cool at the time. Um, a few that came to mind were uh, Gone in 60 Seconds and The Rock and Broken Arrow. That was a really shitty movie. Well, of course, that had Humvees because of the military. But there... There was a whole bunch of movies back in the 90s that were all shitty action movies, and they all had Hummers. <laughs> but the guy who directed um, Virtuosity, Brett Leonard, he did uh, The Lawnmower Man. And that's, it's, once again, Lawnmower Man's not a great movie. Um, let's see here. Lawnmower Man on the GameSpot list got ranked number 16. Um, IMDb gave uh, Lawnmower Man 5.4 stars, and Metacritic gave it 42 stars, and I completely understand why. It's a horrible movie. It was on demand on HBO Max, um, so I was able to watch it for the podcast, because it had been a long time since I'd seen it, and I forgot how, how really bad it was. The movie stars uh, Pierce Brosnan as a scientist who's developing this virtual reality. And his test subject is Jeff Fahey, who plays Job, who is a, uh, a mentally challenged individual who gains uh, intelligence and uh, superiority through virtual reality. Um, here's, here's the little write-up. In The Lawnmower Man, a gardener with a learning disability gets metaphysical powers after being exposed to a virtual world. This new knowledge causes mental instability and a need to become one with the digitized universe. The movie itself was a great concept. Um, unfortunately, the execution at the time, uh, it, like the CGI graphics at the time were horrible, of course. I mean, it looked like a really shitty video game. But this director, Brett Leonard, when I Googled him, um, all this stuff came up about him being. Um, you know, this this visionary. So I came across this website, and I'll put a link in the show notes. It's on digitalignitionent.com. I guess it's like some sort of production company. But uh, he's part of the team. Brett Leonard, producer, director, writer. Um, there's a link to his Indeed and his IMDb page here. Brett Leonard is considered one of Hollywood's most innovative film directors and is known as one of the entertainment industry's top digital media visionaries. Um, okay, it goes on. Mr. Leonard has recently been named by the Producers Guild of America in association with Variety Magazine as one of its Digital 25. Recognizing the 25 leading visionaries, innovators, and producers who have made significant contributions to the advancement of storytelling through digital media. 
Okay. <laughs> um, here we go. Mr. Leonard became a globally recognized pioneer of digital filmmaking when he directed and co-wrote the hit motion picture Lawnmower Man, starring Br Pierce Brosnan and Jeff Fahey. The film is considered a cult classic, way ahead of its time in the use of groundbreaking computer graphics and the portrayal of a networked data culture. Lawnmower Man is one of the true progeni progenitors of the cyber genre, quote-unquote, and was the number one commercially successful independent film of 1992, costing under $6 million and earning over $200 million worldwide. Um, wow, that's a, that's a lot of smoke up something's ass. <laughs> um, maybe at the time, I let's see, 1992, I was all 12 years old, so I, I couldn't tell you, but it's 2022, and this movie's a piece of crap. <laughs> But it must have been successful because this I actually didn't know as well. Lawnmower Man, um, it got a video game. Um, it got a cart, uh, got a cartridge on the Super Nintendo, on the SNES, um, and it also got a game on Sega Genesis. And I looked at the game on YouTube, like uh, there's a couple walkthroughs on there, and. Uh, it's an interesting looking game, but it looks really looks pretty boring. Um, some of the graphics from the movie sort of make it into the video game, but from what I've seen, everyone who played the game just thought it was wasn't very good. I'm sure uh, Brett Leonard could somehow do a reboot of Lawnmower Man. You know, like bring back Brett Leonard, bring or no, not Brett Leonard, uh, bring back Pierce Brosnan and Jeff Fahey as a uh, Dr. Angelo and Job. I think I think people would go see it. Um, I don't think it would be a huge success. I think it would be like Matrix Four. You know, like why are you why are you making this movie again? But if you have HBO Max, check it out. It's it's fun in that sort of cheesy way. Um, but it <laughs> it got a bad score for a reason. Auction alert! Auction alert! This week's auction alert is actually pretty interesting. I came across a copy of Double Dragon. Uh, I think we all remember Double Dragon from the arcades. Uh, a sealed copy of Double Dragon was on Shop Goodwill. And, of course, I thought, okay, this game's going to go for a lot of money. Um, let's see here. The auction ended... Let's see here, on the 25th. And the auction price was $3,234. Now, the reason I, I found that interesting is because when I went to pricecharting.com and looked it up, uh, it was nowhere near that. Um, I didn't look at... Um, Heritage auctions to see how much it was going for there. But price charting had the NES copy, uh, the new price. They have it listed for $1,574, which, uh, I mean, I, I get that, but $3,200 $3, for this game was like, whoa. 
Um, I used to like Double Dragon as a kid too, uh, and I think I, I think I have it on my uh, NES Classic. Um, it's a classic beat 'em up game, but somewhere out somewhere out there, someone paid three thousand thirty two hundred dollars for this game. Ridiculous. So I'm rebooting my Patreon. Um, basically, what it is is you go to this website and you can become a patron of Two Consoles Too Late. Um, there's different levels right now. I have it set at one dollar and five dollars. Uh, at the one dollar level, you can participate in polls and get your comments written on the pod, uh, read on the podcast. And at the five dollar level, you can get an exclusive video podcast with me. Woohoo! So anyway, check it out at Patreon.com/backslash/TwoConsolesTooLate. I'll put a link in the show notes. But this week, I have a poll. It's uh, pretty good. Uh, the poll ends next Wednesday at 10 o'clock, right? So if you're in Guam, right, that's 1 p.m. on Thursday in Guam, <clears throat> in Guam, for all my Guam listeners out there, because apparently people in Guam listen to my show. So you can participate in the poll up until Thursday at 1 p.m. in Guam. But anyway, times are tight, and I'm always going to want something video game related. Um, with the weather getting warmer uh, and COVID cases, you know, lessening right now, uh, yard sales are coming back. And historically, yard sales have been um, a great, uh, a great source of uh, video game swag for me. But right now, I'm torn between two, I would say, quote unquote, big purchases. Um, my budget is fifty dollars, and that leaves me kind of limited. So my choices are. Uh, I either would like to get Metroid Samus Returns from the Nintendo 3DS shop um, or the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition for the GameCube. Um, I actually had a copy of it, I sold it, but I want it back again so I can play Ocarina of Time. Um, Here's a tangent, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are now available on the Switch. But this uh, GameCube edition also has the original Zelda and Zelda 2, which is also, I, I have both of those on my NES Classic. But um, anyway, that's my poll. What should my next big purchase be? Metroid or Zelda? So go to patreon.com backslash two consoles too late and become a patron and vote. But if you don't feel like making the monetary investment, there's a poll here through anchor.fm. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. And it is a sandwich poll. Which is better, a Rachel or a Reuben? Uh, A Rachel is a Reuben made with turkey, and a Reuben has corned beef, sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing, Swiss cheese, and it's served on rye bread and grilled. So there you go. Go out and vote. And last but not least, I don't like to get political at all. It's kind of like, you know, sex, politics, and religion. You just don't talk about them. But, uh, fuck you, Russia. All right. This has been the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. I've been the host, Jackson Keebler. You can always check me out on Facebook and YouTube at Two Consoles Too Late. And go ahead and vote in those polls that I mentioned. And stay tuned for more podcasts. Have a good one. Bye.